Welcome to the Kingdom Church Podcast. This week, five fathers from a church share on the faithfulness of God. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the message. Uh, so hey, fathers, we honor you, we love you. Uh, and today, we have a super special treat. So right now, um, and I'll, I'll give a little introduction in a second, but um, five men you guys can make your way onto the stage, and I'm going to kind of tee up what's going on here. So, today, we have the special opportunity uh, to hear from five, and I would classify them as five mighty men, uh, five men of God, and um, we, I, I, like, I don't have to tee it up, but we had the privilege uh, Chase and I, of, of listening uh, to these testimonies beforehand. And so when I say you guys are in for a treat, you guys are in for a treat. And so we just honor you five men for sharing. Uh, and so, um, man, come on, can we make them feel welcome in this place? So I'm going to get off the stage and then I'm going to hand it over to David, who's going to get us going. So come on, let's give it up for David. Well, thank you for being here today. I'm honored uh, that uh, Pastor Harrison asked me to speak today. Uh, We had coffee a couple months ago. And I gave him a little bit of my story, and I said, you know, I'd love to share something uh, if the opportunity ever arises, and here we are. So thank you very much. I'll go back right to February 21st, 1979. That's the day I was born in uh, Germany uh, to two loving parents who are here today. They've been married for 49 years this year. Um, And I had the privilege of being uh, born into a Christian house. We went to church every Sunday. We read the Bible together, prayed before dinner, before bed. Uh, I saw my mom reading the Bible every single morning and praying for the family. And, uh, and that was great. And at 12 years old, uh, at a church retreat, I decided to get baptized in a, I won't call it a lake. There was water in it. <laughs> Bigger than a puddle, smaller than a lake. Um, and that was great. And uh, so you think, well, that's really good. Lucky him. Uh, At 16, we decided to move to Canada. A little bit before that, but when I was 16, we came to Canada. And uh, leaving Germany, I thought, this is going to be great. It's like the movies. I'm going to North America. Cool cars, cool clothing. Everybody speaks English. And uh, we came here uh, after the school year, so it was summer holidays. And uh, I had no friends. Didn't really speak the language. And uh, it wasn't as cool as I thought it was going to be. Uh, so I was miserable. I wondered why we did it. I wanted to go back. And uh, once I got into school, I was looking for friends, and I found some, and probably not the right ones. And when I was 17, uh, my mom probably doesn't want me to tell the story, I was arrested and, uh, and convicted um, as a young offender. Um, and yeah, so my life took a turn. And throughout my life, uh, the story that I'm telling today, I, I always walked with God, but sometimes closer and sometimes further away, Uh, and I know the result of both, and it's better to walk close with God. 
So then I got into college and I actually found a church, a Pentecostal church in Ottawa that uh, had really great evening services and a huge youth group and, and um, young adults. Uh, and I really found myself and I got closer to God and things were going really well. I was in college. I found my calling. I'm, I'm a professional accountant and I knew right there what I wanted to do. And everything was going good. I was getting good grades. Everything was perfect. And then I decided to get married at a fairly young age and I was yoked on unbeliever. And I should have known better than that. We were married for seven years, had two kids, uh, and one day she left for somebody else. My world came tumbling down. I was alone. I was broken. I was literally on my knees crying, crying out to God. I didn't know why this happened to me. Looking back, I hadn't walked with God again. I moved away. I didn't go to church on a regular basis. I wasn't part of a men's group. I was doing my own thing. I thought I had it all figured out, and I didn't. I really believe that the Holy Spirit is a great comforter because I have never felt comfort the way I did when I was at the lowest point in my life. It was like a warm blanket on a cold winter night. It hugged me. It lifted me up. It was absolutely amazing. At the worst time in my life, I was the closest to God. And he blessed me with a beautiful wife that's also here today. And... Uh, And a beautiful daughter who was here this morning worshiping. And he came through for me again. And uh, I got closer to him again, and life was going well. And life is going well. And, and he's blessed me, and he's shown up for me every single time. Even though I might have turned my back, even though I might have walked away, he never let me go. And then I had a great career. I was working at PCL Construction. I'd been there for 13 years. Anybody knows anything about PCL? It's a pretty good company to work for, and usually people don't leave. But I was at a place where I just didn't, I wasn't growing. I didn't know what God wanted me to do professionally because I always thought God wanted me to use, use me everywhere, including my workplace. And my wife said, pray about it. And I prayed unceasingly every morning for two plus years. Every morning I prayed, God, if you want me to stay here, show me why. Show me why you want me here. What is my purpose? And I got silence. And I got silence, but I kept praying. And then one day I had an opportunity to leave, and I took it, and I left. And I took a leap of faith. Because by this time, God has proven to me over and over and over for 40 years that he was going to be by my side. Yeah. I left all the, the, the financial safeguards of PCL behind, and I went out. And I found a place that I worked at, and it it actually didn't work out perfectly, so I left and worked for two brothers that I'm working for today. And, uh, and they were good to me. Uh, I, I got a good job with them. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but they were both agnostic. Um, they actually kind of made fun of religion. It, it was something really foreign to them. And about six months ago, I was able to lead one of the brothers to Christ. We were in the office, and, and he had gone through a really dark time in his life, and it all came tumbling down, and he asked me to pray the sinner's prayer in his office with him. And I, now I know why God led me away, but we never know. We just have to step out in faith and trust that he knows what's best. And I hope that for the rest of my life, for the next 40 years, I will always trust him 100%. And I don't know that I'll always be there, but that's definitely the goal because he's shown up for me over 
and over and over. Hey guys, my name's Chris. I was gonna say I have a hard, I'm gonna have a hard time sharing 10 years of my life in a few minutes. And here you are, like sharing your entire life, David. Wow, that was awesome. And I love that he, that God cares for the one. Like I don't mean to rip, but that was just like so beautiful. It's like wow. That he just like chased after that one so hard. Okay, so um my family and I came up from Minnesota to be with some family this year, and then we got you guys, and this year's been amazing. So I just want to say thank you guys so much for making this year amazing. All right, I gotta start, because I do have a lot to go through. <laughs> and so I met my wife in YWAM, Missions Organization. Yes, we have YWAMers in here. And we moved to a small American town of 20,000 people in Minnesota called Wilmer. And there we found an Assemblies of God church. It was a sweet season for us. I'd gone to a conference and just got rocked by the love of God at this conference. And right, right around that time, I forgot if it was that night or a couple nights later, uh, my wife Kate had an awesome experience that we didn't see coming. But at night, we were both sleeping, and she said she felt the bed go down by me. And she felt a presence like it was leaning over me. I was sleeping this whole time. And she audibly heard the phrase, hold on, you two. And that was it. But it was really powerful. And we're like, whoa, the next morning. Wow. And then life went on. Um, and then coming on, coming up a few months later, we're like, okay, it's time to start a family. Like, let's go for it. Yeah. And so we started trying to have kids, and we got pregnant right away, and uh, we'd waited a while anyways, like eight years, so we were just so overjoyed, and then that joy was stifled because uh, we got the news that we lost our first little one that we're pregnant with, um, so it was a bit hard. We came up to the Canadian Rockies. We had a funeral, and, uh, and there were lots of little sweet God stories in that we took a time to heal, and we're like, all right, let's go for it again. And uh, we got pregnant pretty quick again. We were so excited. And then one day, I got a phone call, and um, I had to go pick up Kate from work right away. So I rushed over there, and we rushed her to the hospital because we didn't know what was going on, but she's experienced a ton of pain. And um, to cut a very long day short... Um, they didn't know what was happening. They rushed her into surgery. I was watching her face go gray, um, and she was in more pain than she said she tried to say goodbye to me, but she couldn't. And so afterwards, the doctor told me she's okay. She lived. She's within a half an hour dying. And what happened is we had twins, but they had no idea because we had a baby in the womb and a baby in her fallopian tube. The tube burst. She bled out half of her blood internally. And, um, and yeah, so we lost the twins. Really hard time. Took a time to heal. And our doctor actually advised that maybe we not try to have kids after this. Um, I remember talking with Kate, and she told me, some things are worth fighting for. And 
it was very real. And she was like, I would give up my life to risk having kids. And so we took a time of healing. We didn't even know if this would work because we're missing it. <laughs> She's missing a fallopian tube now and her body went through so much trauma. But uh, some friends and family helped us go over to Mexico. We took a breather and then we decided to tr start trying to have a family again. Um, we got pregnant again. And uh, this time, Kate was, she gave birth to our firstborn, our beautiful baby girl, Talia Jubilee Kinnar. Yeah, she's our little Jubilee. She really is. I remember the nurse putting her in Kate's hands. And, and um, I'm not even sure newborns are supposed to do this, but she smiled up at us both with a really big smile. It was awesome. Um, and then we, we tried again, and then Kate gave birth to our second child, Jackson Isaiah Kinnar. So our, our hearts were full, <laughs> and life was feeling good. <laughs> and then we got pregnant again. And, um, and what I didn't tell you guys about... Uh, Talia, everyone calls it Tilly. So Tilly and Jackson was that God had given us their names. And actually, that's how we found out the gender. They'd be like, do you want to know the gender? We're like, yeah. And they're like, oh, it's a girl. And we're like, we knew that because the name that God gave us. So Kate asked me once, what do you think the name is of this one? Um, and I was like, I'm not sure, but I just keep feeling the word hope. So I was like, I think we're probably going to have a girl. Is their name Hope. So we went to the doctor, checked it out. Uh, baby was looking good. And then because we've had the same doctor through everything, um, he was like on top of our pregnancy journeys. And so we went in again just a few weeks later, and he was checking for baby. I remember he was looking. And then he got the nurse to look. And then he got, uh, I believe, another ultrasound machine over to look, and, um, and I could see, I've seen a lot of ultrasounds because of everything, and then um, he's like, I'm sorry guys, it's gone. There's no baby. This is like really devastating. And so we left the hospital, and God told my wife Kate, you have to wait for 10 days to check again. And so the office called her up and was like, just con her up to do the double check and then to go through the procedures after a miscarriage. And so they called up and they're like, can you come in three days? The kid's like, no, I have to wait 10. And they're like, okay. So they scheduled it. <laughs> it was good. I, she's, she's faithful. I like it. <laughs> yeah. and, and so in that time, we got our pastors, friends, family praying. Didn't let the news out to everyone, but they were praying hard. We came in, and the doctor's just doing, like, you know, basic uh, second check. And then um, and the first words out of his mouth were, it's a miracle. And I don't think he was a believer. So we were uh, just uh, like tears of joy just coming down. And it was amazing. But I, th I believe the, my favorite part of the story is a few days later, we walked into the church and then this young woman sees Kate walking in. And she's like, I had a dream about you this week. And um, Kate was like, oh, awesome. So she goes to tell Kate, I had it. And I'm sorry, I need to tell you before the dream. 
she had no idea that Kate was pregnant, that she had the miscarriage, all of that. Um, we hadn't let that out publicly, so no idea. But she was telling Kate, I had a dream that you had a seed in the soil um, that you loved, and then it died. Um, but you were praying, you guys were praying with all of your hearts for that seed. And then the rain came in and just rained over that seed. And it came back to life. And a, a mighty harvest came out of that seed. A mighty harvest. And Kate looked at her and said, have I got a story for you? <laughs> and she's like, wow. Um, it was absolutely amazing. And I really believe that God wanted us to know this wasn't a doctor's misdiagnosis. Someone hadn't missed and said, oh, we think you might have miscarried and they were wrong. God was like, uh-uh, this was me bringing your seed, your baby, back to you. And I'm so excited to see what that mighty harvest looks like. So just after that time, Kate goes in to get another ultrasound. I believe that this is the one where we know the gender. And, um, and then as she's talking to the ultrasonographer, she gets just like Jeremiah, I think it's 2911, just like boom, like in her heart. And it is, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, to give you a hope and a future, right? And so, and all of a sudden she's like, my baby's name is supposed to be Jeremiah. And then we realized that word hope was a word for the season and for the promise in God. Yeah, and throughout all the years, that word, keep holding on, hold on you two, and we kept reminding each other constantly, because through all the highs and all the lows, God was faithful in all of it, but it sure was good to experience our baby boy, and so he's over there right now, learning <laughs> all about Jesus. I feel the music move me. <laughs> Anyhow, enough silliness. Uh, Pastor Harrison asked me to share a story of faithfulness of God in my life. And uh, I prayed about it, and God gave me two short stories that tie together that I want to relate to you. It <clears throat> um, goes all the way back to when I was in kindergarten. I had a favorite kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Moult. She was absolutely wonderful. I loved her. Anyhow, I went forward into grade one, and I had come from a household, well, let's stop that for a second. I went into grade one. In grade one, uh, I don't know what was going on in the classroom, but uh, I was, all I remember is I was talking to the boy behind me, and suddenly I'm being lifted out of my seat, frog marched down, to the vice principal's office, where I was soundly strapped. Uh, 
and uh, I, I didn't know what happened. So I was weeping, and they put me in a chair in the main hallway across from his office and left me there. But my kindergarten teacher, she came out and she sat with me. She pulled me onto her lap, and I've got to say, I felt such peace and such comfort, and I hadn't really known that, and it was just wonderful. So back to class I go. That's great. I need to tell you that I grew up in a household without God, completely agnostic, no church, no mention of God other than a swear word. And 25 years after that point on that chair in the hallway, I say yes to God. Somehow, I'm destroying my life. I figure I've got everything figured out. I'm in control. Uh uh. No, God's in control. Thank you, God. Fast forward another 25 years. My mother's 80th birthday party. 300 miles away from where I went to school. And I walk into the, the party room. And there's my kindergarten teacher. She's one of the friends that was invited to my mother's 80th birthday party because she was only about four years older than my mother. And so we had a really sweet reunion where I asked her to come and sit on my lap. (laughs) Because she was like this tall. (laughs) And I got to tell her what she did for me and how that felt when she comforted me. And she said, I know. I prayed for you. And I prayed for you throughout the years. And I said, I got to tell you, I'm a Christian now. I have a wonderful family. And I've been so blessed by God. And she said, that's an answer to prayer. A number of years later, my life is falling apart. I mean, completely. I'm a Christian. It shouldn't be like this. God, what have I done? Where, have I made a difference at all in this world? Have I done anything that makes any difference at all? And I'm trying to put my life together, and I walk into a fruit and vegetable store. I'm picking up some things because I'm trying to get some food together that day because I figure I got to eat. And I bring my purchases up to the counter, and there's this beautiful young lady there. And she's kind of looking at me. And she said, is your name? I said, yeah. And she said, well, do you remember me? And I'm like, um. <laughs> she said, you used to pick up my mother and my sister and I every morning for church. And every youth group. And drive us back and forth every week for years. I went, huh. 
And she said, I just want to tell you that it made such a difference that I'm a Christian. I'm in university now. My sister's still a Christian. My mother is still a Christian. We all attend church together. And we remember you fondly and we still pray for you. Is God faithful? Yeah. Can he do this in your life and continue on with whatever you bring to him? Whatever you do, he does it. He is faithful. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm going to read mine because I'm not that good. Um, uh, for those who don't know me, my name is Mike, um, and I just want to share with you a little bit about my story of how I discovered God's faithfulness. Um, so I never grew up with any religion in my life, um, never went to church, never baptized, um, and to be honest, I never really put much uh, thought into God and his presence in my life. Um, my parents were happily married. I had a stable family life, and I had the kind of childhood that any kid would ask for. Looking back, I think um, all of that just sort of confirmed in my head the notion that I didn't really need God in my life, you know? Everything was, was great. Um, as I became a teenager, I began to struggle with anxiety. Uh, I worried constantly. Uh, I worried about what people thought of me. I worried I wasn't good enough. I worried about friendships. I worried about always making the right decisions, and I worried about doing everything perfectly, and worst of all, I kept all of that worry inside. Um, it became so challenging that I began to go to bed just hoping that it would all go away, or I could find a way to overcome it. Um, I say the word hoping, but I think deep down, uh, I knew that I was, I was asking God for help, uh, and just didn't know it. Um, uh, then when I was 19, uh, I lost my father. And, uh, that was, that was difficult to navigate. Um, <clears throat> becoming a man in a world without him. Uh, I was sad and I was angry and, uh, if there was a God, I was certainly angry with him, too. Um, I asked, why would you do this to me? Um, <clears throat> I think at that point, I just adopted the idea that bad things just happen to everyone, uh, no matter what you do, and that all the good things that do happen is just pure luck. Uh, and I finally, I fully turned my back to God and began just living for myself and myself only. Uh, but during some of my most difficult moments, um, something great happened. Uh, I met my wonderful wife, Tanil. And um, she helped me through some of my darkest moments and motiva motivated me to get better. Uh, we got married. We have three beautiful daughters. And life was beginning to come together. But something deep down was just still missing in life and the anxieties and the sadness that I had left unchecked for so long, they still lingered. 
Um, being a father and a husband can sometimes be a very heavy burden. Um, the weight of those duties, along with my attitude of thinking that I could just handle it all on my own, it just became too much for me. And without any guidance and choosing to suffer in silence, I began to fall apart. Uh, I began to make terrible decisions. I self-medicated. I withdrew from my wife. <clears throat> I lied time and time again to keep it all hidden. It was a vicious cycle of shame and selfishness. <clears throat> and I kept asking myself, what am I lacking? Aren't my beautiful daughters and my devoted wife enough? Surely people are going through tougher things than I am. Why do I feel this emptiness? But on a day where I felt I'd hit rock bottom, when I felt my family had every reason to abandon me, they gave me grace instead. It was at this very moment <clears throat> I realized I wasn't given chance after chance because of sheer luck or circumstances, but because of God's unconditional love and mercy. Um, it was the work of the Holy Spirit through my family that they were able to forgive me. And I finally found that missing piece. Um, God has breathed new life into me and into my family and our amazing baptism here at Kingdom will forever be a turning point. It's a turning point and a powerful reminder of God's faithfulness to us and us to him. Um, I now strive to be a father and a husband that reflects the way that God cares for me. Filled with love, compassion, patience, and a gentle spirit, I've learned that God will always provide for me. He provides me with inner strength when I need it the most. <laughs> like when you have to read a speech on stage at church. <laughs> and... Uh, he provides the support of a community, uh, my men's group, Pastor Harrison, our marriage group. He provides the strength to be vulnerable and to reach out for help. And most of all, he provides the gift of grace and love to me and from the ones I've heard. God's path for us isn't always linear, but he walks with us through the peaks and the valleys. So if you're struggling... Just be patient, and you will find him. His timing is perfect. Uh, my name is Tom Mumby. And I have uh, two stories I'd like to share with you about God's faithfulness in my life. They're just uh, two of the most uh, impactful times for me. The first one uh, was when I was 29 years old. I was drinking. I was an alcoholic. I was doing drugs. And uh, my life was spiraling downward rather rapidly. Uh, Terry and the kids were on their way out. And... Uh, I didn't know what to do. I was, I was just lost and uh, in despair, wondering, how, how do I, what do I do? And so on my 29th birthday, 
I said, I'm not getting drunk on my 29th birthday because that's what you do when you're an alcoholic. You get drunk all the time, right? So 29th birthday, I'm not getting drunk. And uh, I got drunk. So, uh, so we're driving home from, from that party. And uh, I said, God, if you're real, would you take it away? I didn't know God. I didn't know of him. I didn't know Jesus. I didn't know Holy Spirit. I didn't know any of that stuff. But, you know, there's this, I knew God, right? I knew the word sort of a thing and the idea. I didn't believe in him, didn't want to have anything to do with him. I thought it was all a fairy tale. And I just cried out to him because I didn't know where else to turn. And I cried out to him and I said, God, if you're real, would you take it away? And I haven't had a drink since that day. I haven't done any drugs since that day. <laughs> I haven't been tempted by alcohol or by that old lifestyle. Like, it was just gone. And I, st I, mar I mar marveled at it then, although I didn't really know him. You know, it was a, a walk then, but... I still marvel at it that while we're yet sinners, God dies for us, takes away. It's just amazing. It's amazing. The second most significant event was uh, about 12 years later. I'd been going to a church, conservative church, and uh, went to business on Toronto, in uh, Toronto on a business trip. And one evening, my business associate said to me, do you want to go to church? And I thought, yeah, why not? Uh, and thinking, oh, it'll be this conservative kind of thing that I'm used to. And so uh, we go to church, and we go in the door, and it is absolute chaos. <laughs> it is just like crazy. And like people are raising their hands and stuff like that, right? <laughs> so, so I am so offended by this. I am just... I'm judging it all. I knew it wasn't God. There's no way that's God. It's just pure emotionalism. These people are carried away. And so I sat in this thing, and it was just nuts. And I just sat there and uh, judged it and wanted to go home. But my buddy said, you're not going home until you get prayed for. And so I didn't know what that meant. But uh, near the end of the night, I finally said, okay, whatever. We'll get prayed for. And uh, this guy was praying for me, and it was like a brick wall, right? Uh, so he, he said to me, uh, have you ever been hugged by your father? And I said, not that I can recall. And he said, can I give you a hug? And I thought, that's kind of weird, but yeah, you, can, you can go ahead. I can still feel that hug. He gave me this great big hug. And I woke up on the floor. And the love of God was just going through me and through me and through me. And the presence of God was going through me. I knew him, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, just like, like it was the most natural thing in the world. And just, I was just so filled with God. And everything made sense in the room after that. You know, like it, before it was crazy and I was, oh, I get it, you know. It's just, <laughs> he's here. This is, this is what God feels like. I didn't know God was like that. I didn't know that he did that kind of stuff. And so for me, it was just so 
pivotal and, and so life-changing. And it was life-changing for our family. It set us on a new trajectory, and it just changed our complete family. So the, uh, the, uh, the second night then, so, so we go back, I, I go home, and then now the next night, uh, I have to give an award at this banquet, and that's why I'm in Toronto. I got to give an award to this person. And so we're in this banquet, and it's almost time for me to give the award. And uh, my buddy leans across the table and says, do you want to go to church? And I said, yes. And uh, I just got up, and I said to my, the employee beside me, I said, you're giving this award. I'm out of here. And we were just gone. And that, that's how it was for me and for us. It was like, where is he? Let's get some more. And, and let's get some more, and let's get some more. And uh, so we went back to this church. Now, I was a crazy one uh, <laughs> doing all this stuff. But I phoned Terry, uh, my wife, uh, from the church, and that was before cell phones and stuff like that. And so there's this bank of pay phones, and so I phoned Terry. And she heard all the racket and the noise, and she thought, oh, no, he's in a bar. He's, <laughs> he's drinking again. And she said, where are you? And I said, I'm in church. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> those, two, uh, those two events and many more, of course, really have helped Terry and I. We lost our son, Jordy, three years ago to cancer. He was 42 years old, uh, four kids, and... Uh, just the faithfulness of God to us, you know, during that time, helped us walk through that time and walking through that time uh, as we have carried on in life. Amen. I'm not going to dance. Um, man, how good was that? I want to just share um, a verse. This is, this is for all you guys up here that just shared. This is Paul. Um, he's speaking to the church, and he says, We cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives. And you guys, you men, have shown such care for this church, not to just preach the gospel, but to share your lives. And so, hey, can we stand to our feet? I want to honor these men. Um, let's just put our hands together. I believe um, testimonies have the power to unlock things uh, inside of us. And so um, if the Holy Spirit's been stirring inside of you, because one of the things that a lot of people think, they don't know this, but um, a lot of people think that everyone at church is perfect, uh, doesn't have stories, doesn't have pasts, doesn't have testimonies. And so when you guys share, it unlocks things within. And so I just wonder if there's someone today... Um, that you feel like the Holy Spirit's unlocked something inside of you yeah. where you want to take another step. 
And maybe your next step um, is, you know, the decision to follow Jesus. And if that's you, I'm just talking. Prince, can you put Amy's keys on? It's going to sound a whole lot better. It feels, it feels empty. There we go. Can't get her up here for nothing anyways. Um, if it's a decision today, you're like, man, I, I've made the decision. It's, I'm not going to get us to raise our hand. That's okay. I know God's doing something inside. Um, could you fill out a connect card? Because we would love to walk with you. Right? One of these things, in, in all of these stories, whether it was said or not, none of these men have walked alone. Right? There's been people, and we need people in the next step uh, of our journey. So if you could just, man, if, if, if God is stirring something inside of you, maybe it's not even a decision. Maybe it's just, I need connection, I need community. Please fill out a connect card. We would love to get to know you, uh, to just join right? this amazing family that God is creating here. Um, second thing is this, is Father's Day. And uh, I know... For some of us, uh, this day can be painful. This can be a day that maybe there's a void missing. Uh, I know for some of us, like your fathers like literally aren't here anymore. Um, and there's some of us that although you have a father, you've never had a spiritual father because maybe your dad just doesn't play that role in your life. And one of the things that um, is cool uh, is all the guys here on this stage um, Last June, none of them came to our church. Uh, I don't even think any of them knew about our church. Um, but the Lord has brought them here along with, yeah, come on. <laughs> along with other uh, amazing people, and God is just creating this family here. And so I want to say this very specifically. Um, if there's someone, and maybe the cry is like, I need a spiritual father. I need a spiritual father. Um, I believe that the Lord has brought mighty men to this church. And if, if that's you today, right, maybe it's like Tom's story where it's like, I just need a hug. I've never had a hug from a dad before. Um, I'm gonna speak on behalf of some of the mighty men. You can come talk to them. And a few of them, most of them, I think they'll even give you a hug if you need a hug. Um, and so uh, I just, I wanna, I wanna bring that forward. And you know, it takes vulnerability, yeah. right, to be up here, but it also takes vulnerability to come yeah. and say, I need something. I'm missing something. Um, and that's why God gives us church, right? We, we may not have what we want in the natural family, but God is always building the spiritual family, and the spiritual family uh, will never not be enough. There's going to be someone. And so I just want to encourage you, if that's you, um, we have, you know, the prayer team is going to come up here in a moment after I pray. Um, and, and if you just want someone to, get, to pray with you, right, someone to know who you are, these guys, I think they're going to be up here, right? If you want to just, just thank them, whatever it is, let's not leave this place the same as we walked in. Let's not, loot, let's not miss an opportunity. Um, and again, it's not just guys on the stage or our prayer team. There are other people, right, and, and, and spiritual mothers, as well, but you guys have your day in May. It's Father's Day today. Um, so just want to put that out there for us. There, there's options available, but it's going to take, you got to take the first step. You got to take that step. And sometimes that first step, that walk here or that conversation out there is the beginning of breakthrough. Yeah. So I just want to, to, to share that, to let that, that out there. And if you haven't met some of the amazing people in this church, meet someone today. God is building such a crazy, amazing, awesome family right here in St. Albert. Uh, and Christy, 
uh, my wife and, and Judah, our son, our two kids, and number four right here. Uh, we're just honored uh, to be a part of it. Um, and we, you know, for us, one of our roles is to, 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 to be a father and to be a mother for the church. And so as well, right, like if, if we need something, um, we're here and we're open, we're available. But uh, let's not leave the same as we walked in today. So, hey, um, I'm going to pray. So let's all, let's all close our eyes uh, and bow our heads. So, Father, I just thank you so much for uh, the stories today. I thank you that you are a faithful God. I thank you that you hear our cries, you hear our praise, our prayers and our desperation, uh, and you answer every single time. And so, Lord, I just pray today that someone's prayer is being answered. May there be boldness to walk, to connect, to take that next step forward. Uh, and I just thank you for what you're building here uh, in this place, in this church. Uh, we're so thankful for you. Um, fill us, Lord, uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, let's put our hands together. Thanks for listening. For more information, head over to kingdomchurch.ca.